Hey yo, and welcome to the Badass is the New Skinny podcast. I'm Sabrina, here to chat with you about what it takes to look and feel like a badass. Fun fact, it's not about 1200 calorie diets and workouts you hate. Nope. Instead, we'll talk about lifestyle habits, mindset, and attitude around sleep, stress management, nutrition, and movement, all dumped in a great big bucket of self-awareness and personal growth. Each week, I'll give you strategies and actions that you can apply directly into your day-to-day life so that you're making sustainable changes over time. So if you're ready to get your shit together, for reals this time, put on your sassy pants and get comfy. Let's do this. Hey yo, and welcome back my friends. I'm happy to have you here as we continue the Be Badass Challenge. My level of nerd through this whole thing is pretty high, so I'm just going to dive on in. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, check out episode 39 for the challenge details. I'll go ahead and link to that in the show notes for you. We're kicking off week three, which means we're adding a habit for stress management on our mission to feel like our best and most badass selves. Here's how it's going to work today. I'm going to do a quick check-in on my sleep habit and how it's been going. I'd love to hear from you about how your sleep habit is going, so feel free to hop on over to the Badass is the New Skinny Facebook group and share your progress. Next, I'm going to review how to choose and implement a meaningful habit, this time for stress management. I went over this in detail a few weeks ago, so you'll get the abbreviated version today. If you missed it when I went over it for healthy sleep habits, you can check it out in episode 40 for details. Then I'm going to share 15 healthy habits for stress management and mental health. I'm grouping stress management and mental health together here because as unbelievable as it is to me, there are some people who don't feel stressed out. Hashtag life goals. Also, habits that support stress management can also support mental health in general, so I'm keeping this broad so that you can choose something meaningful for you. I'll then share what stress management habit I'll be adding to my sleep habit to practice over the next couple of weeks. Again, this challenge is about compounding habits, meaning we add one new habit at a time while continuing to practice the habits we've already established. Next week, I'll pick a stress management and mental health-related topic to go into more detail about. I have a few I'd love to talk about, so I haven't completely decided which one I'm going with yet, so it'll be a surprise. Stay tuned. It also occurred to me that since new podcast episodes drop on Thursdays, that the challenge started and builds on sort of a strange day of the week. I think this is actually pretty cool and by accident, because it makes me think of all the times I've said to myself, I'll start on Monday. And then by Thursday, I'm usually tired, hungry, frustrated, or whatever. And whatever I was trying to do went by the wayside. Starting on a Thursday is an interesting way to shake things up a bit, at least in my mind, and that's if you're following in real time. Because it's a reminder that it doesn't matter what day of the week it is, it's a good day to do something that makes you feel good. That makes you feel better. Just an interesting little tidbit that I thought I'd share with you. For my update, my sleep habit was journaling right before bed so that I could brain dump my stressors and clear my mind before trying to sleep so that racing brain wouldn't keep me awake anymore. The last couple of weeks, this habit has gone fairly well and has mostly helped. I've discovered a couple of things though. If my stress level didn't feel especially high before going to bed, This seemed like more of a chore than something helpful, which was extra annoying because usually I really just wanted to go to sleep. 
Second, the ongoing stress has me staying up later than I normally would. So while the journaling helped when I needed it, keeping me up even later when I didn't really need it was counterproductive. What I mean by stress having me stay up later is that I fell full force into the trap of my day wrapping up too late and then needing some time to just wind down. Intentions of taking 20 to 30 minutes to myself in the evening to do something mindless would usually turn into one to two extra hours. Consequently, I've been really fucking tired. So there have been some wins and losses here. To better support myself, I'm going to pivot just a little bit. I'm going to reserve the journaling for, one, when my stress level and racing brain would benefit from it. And two, I'm going to set the sleep mode on my phone for 8 o'clock so that at 8, my phone goes into grayscale mode, triggering me to start winding down and wrapping up for the evening. If you don't remember, I get up pretty friggin' early, so ideally, I'll be in bed somewhere between 9 and 9.30, giving myself plenty of time to get about 8 hours of sleep. To keep things simple and to recap, I'll journal when I need or want to, to clear my mind before going to sleep, and I'll use my sleep mode on my phone to trigger me to get ready for bed at a decent time so that I'm less likely to piss away my evening. Is this technically me creating a second sleep habit? Mm, sort of. For right now, I'm just focusing on the trigger to start getting ready for bed. I'm not getting too worked up about making sure I absolutely start getting ready for bed at 8. It's just more of a, hey Sabrina, hint hint, nudge nudge sort of thing. And guys, this is what I mean by making this challenge your own and choosing habits that work for you. Sometimes it's hard to know what's really working, what's not, what needs more time, or what's creating more problems than it's solving. But at the end of the day, focus on how these habits make you feel and if they're solving the problem they're meant to solve. Journaling was intended to help me get to sleep faster, sooner, earlier. That's great, but if I'm going to bed closer to 11 or 11.30, focusing on something that takes more time in my evening routine just makes it all kind of a wash. I hope that makes sense. If you'd like any feedback on your habit or you want to share how things are going, again, check out the Badass is the New Skinny Facebook group and let's chat some more. Moving on, before I share healthy habit ideas for stress management and mental health, I want to quickly review the steps I recommend to help you choose and implement a habit that is going to be meaningful for you. The Be Badass Tracker is a free resource I created to make this process quick and easy. I've linked to it in the show notes if you'd like to follow along using that. Here are the steps that I recommend. One, identify where you're at now, mentally and situationally. This is essentially your baseline. And note that it might be a little bit different than where you were at a couple of weeks ago, depending on how your sleep habit has been going. And if you still feel like you're in the same place, that's totally fine. Change can take time and there's no scale or metric that is true for everyone. Two, identify where you want to go and how you want to feel. While this is also probably the same as a couple of weeks ago, it might not be. Sometimes going through the process of doing things that are good for us makes us realize that what we thought we wanted isn't actually what we want. Or it still is, but maybe it's not the whole complete picture. Number three, make a list of general healthy habits or actions that have worked for you before and potential habits that may be worth trying or trying again. If you still have this list handy from when you did this at the beginning of the challenge, review your list and see if there's anything you'd want to add to it. 
Four, select one stress management or mental health habit you want to practice that supports where you want to go and how you want to feel. Really consider how this habit will support your stress management and mental health. Note that this habit can be from your list, from the list I'll share with you shortly, or even something totally different. It's up to you to decide what you think will truly help you. Number five, identify an existing habit or trigger that you can use for habit stacking or to use as a cue for the habit. This is an important component to successfully implementing whatever habit you choose. Number six, identify what this habit looks like under the worst case scenario, when you're in crisis mode or just off your normal routine. Create your plan B for these moments so that you can stay on track. Again, shit happens. So imagine what this might look like for you and how your new habit can be adapted or continued even if life goes sideways. Because guys, (laughs) life is going to go sideways. It always does. That's just how it is. And I want you to be prepared for those moments so that you feel like you have more control in the situation because you do have a lot of control in these situations. Okay, moving on. And finally, number seven, consider how you want to track this habit and how you know if it's working. Whether it's a tally on a post-it note, an app on your phone, the Be Badass Habit Tracker I created to accompany this challenge, There's no right or wrong here, just as long as you're tracking what you're doing so that you can recognize your efforts over time and celebrate your wins. Hopefully that doesn't sound overwhelming. You gotta find the balance between too little effort and too much effort or too easy versus too complicated. Taking the time to really work through the steps is a way of putting some skin in the game to help you with your commitment to yourself. But we also don't want it to be too much, so hopefully this finds that nice balance between the two. Alrighty, so the next part of this is to dive into stress management and mental health habits. I want to acknowledge here that it might seem a little weird to talk about habits for this without actually talking about stress and mental health and what these things might look like in your body and the effect that they have on your body. Don't worry about this too much for now. There will be plenty of time for that in a later episode. For now, my goal is to give you some tools and habits that you can start practicing now because... Sometimes you just have to dive in and do the damn thing. So now let's go ahead and get into some habit ideas that you can use for stress management and mental health. One, practice breathing exercises. I'm starting with this one because it's free, it's easy, and it's underrated. Breathing exercises can activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which really just means that it helps you calm down, not just in your mind, but in your body. There are lots of different ways you can do this. Box breathing is a good one. You inhale through your nose for four counts. Hold that breath for four counts. Exhale out your mouth for four counts, like you're blowing out birthday candles. And then hold for another four counts. And then you repeat. If you want, you can also trace a box with your finger as a way to further focus your mind. That can be really helpful for some people. Another option is to inhale as completely as you can through your nose. Hold for two counts and exhale out your mouth as completely as you can. The exhale should be longer than the inhale and your goal is to feel the rise and fall in your stomach. Placing one hand on your chest and one on your stomach can help you focus. Repeat as many times as you need and I recommend at least three rounds, but ultimately it's up to you. Number two, check in with your senses. 
In stressful situations, checking in with your senses is a good way to ground you back in the moment rather than letting your brain be a runaway train. What do you hear? What can you feel or touch? What do you taste? What do you see? What do you smell? Be specific and really try and pay attention to your environment around you. Number three, establish and enforce boundaries. This can be literal boundaries or figurative boundaries. Some examples are things like not working outside of your work hours, creating boundaries around social time or activities, enforcing boundaries around your physical space and what different environments are for. One of my primary boundaries is that I significantly limit my news consumption. I try to keep up on the highlights and headlines, but that shit is depressing and it hits me really hard, so I engage with it sparingly. To build off of this idea of healthy boundaries, number four is to limit your social media. This could look like limiting the amount of time you spend on social media, when you engage with social media, or the types of content you follow on social media. I'll be honest, most of my Instagram is dog videos. Is anyone surprised? No, I didn't think so. Also, a couple few years ago, I drastically limited how often I engage with Facebook because I got tired of people's political posts, drama, and sad fishing. Not to say that this doesn't still happen on other platforms like Instagram, but because of the accounts I choose to follow, it's not nearly as common. If you're someone who gets on social media as soon as you turn off your alarm, you might consider limiting your social media to later in the day and see how it impacts your stress levels and mental health. I also highly recommend the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma, for more info on how social media affects us. I'll link to it in the show notes. Building off of this idea a little further, number five is to turn off app alerts. Again, The Social Dilemma goes into some of the psychology around how we respond to alerts, but here's the thing. When our phones are going off all day long, we get easily distracted and have to address all of these alerts and see what's going on, and depending on what it is, such as tragic news alert, a panicky text from your sister, or a comment on social media post, it's not only distracting, but it can be a big stressor. Turning these alerts off and designating time to dork around on your phone could be a great way to help you manage your stress and support your mental health. Number six, organize your life. Don't get overwhelmed by this. I don't mean organize everything in your life. I mean, think about some of the biggest stressors and figure out how you can organize that so that it's less stressful. Maybe that means using Sunday night to organize or plan your meals for the week or connect with your partner to look at what the upcoming week looks like and figure out who needs to be where and for what so that you know in advance. Maybe it means tackling some organizational systems at work to make things a little easier to do or find. This can be a little tricky as a habit, but maybe the first part is to organize something and then the habit is maintaining that organization. Number seven, take a walk. Fitness activity in general is great here. And again, we're double dipping into movement habits, but this is one that I've talked about before as something that I do regularly, specifically as a stress reliever. The purpose is to get out and get fresh air if I can, disconnect from the tasks and environments that could be causing me stress, get my blood pumping, and clear my mind and all of that. As a reminder, the habit can fit in multiple wellness categories, and ultimately which category it fits in depends on your primary or ultimate goal. Number eight, similarly, yoga and meditation. 
You don't have to pair these together, but I think it's nice when you can because you get the best of both worlds. It can be as intense or as easy as you need to support yourself and your stress management and mental health. This is another way of connecting with yourself, practicing mindfulness, and being in the moment with some great benefits for flexibility and balance, just as a side perk. Because yoga is also founded in breathwork, you get the bonus of the benefits that you'd get from the breathing exercises, which is pretty handy. Number nine, create a playlist of songs that lift you up and listen to it regularly. Music is so simple and so powerful. I forget about this sometimes, and then I'll randomly decide to turn on some of my favorite music when I'm getting ready for work, and it turns my whole mood around. So maybe think about when you feel the most stressed, down, low energy, or whatever, and consider how you can make music a part of that moment. Even better, add some dancing to it. Don't knock it till you try it. 10. Play. Seriously, just play. Do something simply because it brings you joy, and find a way to fit it into your normal routine. Maybe it's starting your Saturday morning with Legos or a paint-by-number, having a regular game night with your friends or family, playing with your fur baby, doing puzzles, or anything that allows you to tap into that childlike joy. I'm not including video games here because while that could be part of it, A lot of video games and movies can actually activate your stress hormones because of the anticipation and excitement. Not that these are bad hobbies or interests by any stretch. By all means, go for it. They're just a little bit of a double-edged sword when it comes to stress management. Number 11, snuggle with a fur baby. Snuggling with loved ones can work too, but there's something special about curling up with a fur baby. Petting dogs has been shown in research to lower cortisol and stress hormones in your body, while also increasing oxytocin, which is a feel-good hormone. There's an interesting article about this from Johns Hopkins that I'll link to in the show notes if you're interested. I could go on about this one for a long time, but I'll go ahead and move along so that I don't bore you guys. 12. Express yourself. Journal, draw, sing, etc. Whatever your creative outlet is, using this as a way to express yourself and process your emotions can be a really powerful way to work through shit. As you know, I'm a big fan of journaling. I'm a writer. I always have been. I can't carry a tune to save my life, and I can't draw my way out of a paper bag, so journaling is my jam. If you play an instrument, that might also be a good outlet for you. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just whatever allows you to express yourself and what you're feeling. Number 13, read. I want to throw the caveat in here that whatever you're reading should be lighthearted, interesting to you, and not work-related. This could include some self-help books if that's what you're into, but honestly, I recommend fiction, whatever genre you enjoy, or nonfiction that you read for the purpose of entertainment and not for self-improvement, skill development, or work. Again, the idea is to unplug from the things that are stressors. 14. Socialize with friends and loved ones. This one might seem a little tougher depending on how hard you were hit by quarantine and the pandemic, but it's totally worthwhile. I joke all the time about my introverted nature, which is very, very real for me. But even I acknowledge that I feel so much better when I prioritize social time with friends. This might look like walk breaks with a work buddy, Saturday morning brunch with your bestie, Friday night game night with your friends, etc. To my fellow introverts, respect your boundaries, but also stretch your comfort level just a little bit so that you can reap the rewards of social time. Number 15 pamper yourself. Or as Tom and Donna would say, 
treat yourself. If you know, you know. Again, this can look different for everyone, but the idea is to do something that's all about putting you first. This is a big one for us people pleasers who will sacrifice their own wants, needs, and comforts to show up for others. Maybe this is getting your hair and nails done on a regular basis, spa treatment, even if it's at home, massage, bubble baths, a meal from your favorite restaurant, and so forth. Also, think beyond the stereotypical self-care here. Maybe it's hiking your favorite trail, having breakfast in bed, giving yourself permission to sleep in, or whatever. Ask yourself what pampering looks like to you. If you had a day to just treat yourself, what would it look like? Finally, one last one for you as a bonus, partner with a counselor. Not really a habit, but I think it could be really helpful. If this is an option that's available to you, I strongly recommend it. This is a great way to support your mental health in general, but if you find that you feel stressed but you're not sure why, or that certain things are triggering to you and you don't know why, counseling or therapy can be incredibly helpful. People tend to carry a lot of shit with them from their childhood, and when those things aren't acknowledged, or if you haven't had a chance to process that in a healthy way, it can manifest in different ways that contribute to your stress levels and overall mental health, and you might not even realize it. So if you're just tired of feeling like shit, but you're not really sure why you feel like shit, this could be a really good step for you. Something to keep in mind is that stress management also means stress prevention. That means that some of these things that might seem more like in-the-moment stress relievers could be even more powerful and beneficial if done on a regular basis, even when you don't quote-unquote need it. You might surprise yourself with the benefits you experience. I also know that some of the things I've mentioned here are not necessarily things that you can practice daily. While I recommend something that you can practice daily for the purpose of this challenge, it's really up to you and what's going to serve you best. If you choose something that is less frequent, I suggest using this time during the challenge to set yourself up for success, whether that's scheduling social time, pampering days, or whatever else. Lastly, I also want to acknowledge that sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is tackle the stressor, not just the fallout from the stress. So while that's a little different than what I'm talking about here, I just want you to keep this in mind for yourself. Putting a bucket under a leaky pipe will catch the water, but it won't fix the leak and eventually that bucket will overflow. Food for thought. Okay, this has gone on longer than I intended, so I'll keep this next part quick. What habit for stress management and mental health am I going to practice for this challenge? I'm going to admit that I'm a little indecisive with this one, in part because there's a lot I'm already doing, and also because my weekly routines don't have a lot of wiggle room. I wish I could focus mine around a fur baby, but I'm not quite there yet. I do, however, notice a big difference in how I handle stress and my mental health since Bella passed. It's been a really rough time, in fact. That said, I am in the process of adopting a puppy. More to come on that, I'm sure, because I really just can't help myself. For now, though, I'm going to combine a few things I've described, and I'm going to practice redefining my unplug time. Right now, my unplug time is watching YouTube and playing a game on my phone. This is mostly fine and all, but it really feels more like wasted time because these are things that don't actually help me feel better. So instead, by redefining my unplugged time, this is going to look like engaging in an activity that allows me to unplug or disconnect in a way that actually does help me feel better. 
I'm not going to specify one activity exactly because that's going to be too restrictive for me and the idea is to enjoy it. Primarily though, I want to focus on play and reading. I already journal regularly, which is great, but it also keeps me in my head. I want to get out of my head. I also have everything I need for playing and reading, so I, it doesn't require me to buy anything new, which is great because I really just need to stop spending money. My trigger or cue for this habit is going to involve setting an app timer for the game that I play on my phone so that once I hit 15 minutes in the evening, that timer will be my cue to switch to a different activity. My plan B is to cut myself some fucking slack if it doesn't work out. To stay connected with my goal and make sure I don't just skip it so many times that I give up on it, I'll write down why I'm skipping it. This is a chance to really think through what it is that I'm doing, what it is that I need, and figure out what's serving me. Ideally, writing this down will happen in my planner so that it's easy for me to revisit later on. If I find myself skipping it more often than not, I can reassess to figure out why it's not working and if there's an actual barrier or if I need to just be more mindful of the end goal and why I choose to prioritize this in the first place. Writing down why I skip it doesn't need to happen forever. It's just for now as I'm practicing the habit. Is this a little bit loosey-goosey? A little bit, but that's okay. This is a time to practice, adjust, pivot, or whatever else while I figure out what really works to help me feel better manage my stress, and support my mental health. Remember, practice, not perfection. And with that, I'm going to wrap this up and call it a day. I hope that this was helpful and that you have some ideas in mind for how you can better manage your stress and support your mental health. Again, if you would like to bounce some ideas off of others, please join and post it in the Badass is the New Skinny Facebook group. I would love to hear from you there. Thanks so much for joining me today. I so very greatly appreciate you for being here. I hope you're off to do something that brings you joy and makes you smile, and I'll catch up with you next time. Later. Many thanks for joining me for another episode of the Badass is the New Skinny podcast. I hope today's chat gave you some things to noodle on and that you're walking away feeling inspired and empowered to live a badass life. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please snag a screenshot of this episode and post it on Instagram, tag a friend or two, and tag me at sa.brina.brina. That's S-A dot B-R-I-N-A dot B-R-I-N-A. And include the hashtag Badass is the New Skinny. If you could also drop me a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, it would mean the world to me. For more of the good stuff, head on over to my website at sabrinabrina.com. Catch you next time. Later. Later.